Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am very excited to have Jilly Maria on with me. I can't wait to share what she does with you. First, just a couple of announcements. For those of you watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. We would love your comments. If you're watching on Facebook, please, we would love your comments as well. If you have any questions that we can answer. And then for those watching or listening on any of the podcast outlets, thank you so much. For any of my products or services that I ever talk about, you can find those on my two different websites, drlisajthompson.com or bigislandufotours.com. So if you are visiting the Big Island of Hawaii, definitely come see me on one of my Night Sky Watch UFO tours. Okay, so without further ado, I'm going to bring Jilly onto screen. Hello, Jilly. Hello. <laughs> okay, so let me tell everyone who you are. So a gifted healer, Jilly Maria is also certified as an Akashic Records and Sacred Soul Alignment Practitioner. She's a medium and intuitive. Emotion and trauma healing work are her dual passions. She's passionate about emotion and healing it as it is the bedrock of most of our issues, both, both personally and as a society. In her work, she partners with her clients, holding space for them to feel deeply seated emotions in order that they might be processed and released, thus creating healing and fundamental transformation on a deep level. She's the founder of Fire and Ice Transformational Coaching. She uses the Akashic Records, Sacred Soul Alignments, Reiki, energy work, and other methodologies to help her clients transform their lives. Welcome. So I'm so happy to have you on here. And I can't wait to find out more about the work that you do and how you got into it. So thank you. Glad to be here too. Yeah. With that, let's start with uh, the first question, which is, how did you grow up? Was it, was it a spiritual household, a religious household, something else, so that people can understand the transition of how you got into the work that you do? Sure. Um, I grew up in a Catholic household. Uh, we went to church, did all the did all the uh, sacraments, uh, made my first communion. I was obviously baptized before I was aware of what that all was. Um, went through confession, my first confession, etc. And I went to Catholic high school, the whole bit. So I would say I had a crisis of everything in my 20s, like a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And I had found a church. I was going to a, a church. It was because that's usually what, I mean, that's how I grew up. So I didn't really know otherwise. Um, and I'd gone, when I was in high school, I'd gone to Temple and I'd gone to a couple of, the, we did a religions of the world course. And so they took us on different, to different churches and different experiments, experiences and whatnot. And in my twenties, I started pulling away from the Catholic church and I started doing deeper exploration of, cause I didn't grow up in a space where we, you know, really thought into like who the Pope is and why this matters and what the church, what the church thinks. And so I didn't really have that exploring brain, but I got that exploring brain in my twenties. Okay. And so I started exploring and when it really fell apart was in my thirties, um, realizing that I, you know, had some work to do, realizing that I had trauma to attend to. And 
I remember being invited into a Facebook group and I remember a woman um, doing an Akashic Records Live and I didn't know her from Adam. And she said, put your question in the comments and I'll get to as many as I can. So I did exactly that. And she got to my question and her answer resonated with me so deeply. And I was completely awestruck and I was very curious. So I was in the space of, hmm. And then I got off that broadcast and there was another one, uh, probably a week or two later, different practitioner, mm -hmm. same idea. Put your question in the comments. We'll get to as many as we can. Be as specific as you can. And her answer was like, dang, okay. So then I was in the space of, hmm, what would it be like if I got like, what is to this? So I started reading up on the Akashic Records and I finally went and got certified to be a practitioner. And, you know, it's one of the things, you know, like we talked about off air was the notion of religiosity versus spirituality. Yes. And I think that a lot of people, I know for me, I grew up in the space where anything other than Catholicism was bad. Okay. And so it wasn't like you're going to hell bad. It was just like, we don't do that. And so I didn't really have any idea of, I was just fascinated. So I didn't have any notion of like, where some religions where it's like, you're going to hell and you know, this whole thing, if you believe in anything outside of what you're taught as a doctrine. Right. And so for me, it was leading with curiosity. And I was finding pieces that resonated with me, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, they were helping me. So okay. I was genuinely moving forward in my healing journey. And I was in the space that was it work. There are a couple of missteps. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but I was in a space of why not? Let's see where this goes. And I feel like I know for me that when I allow myself to be in a space of I'm dealing with anything that is love, mm -hmm. anything that is not love, just steer me away from it. Like we don't even have to have that conversation has proven to me to be a pretty good like bumper. Like if you were like riding a go-kart and you have like the tires on the side, like it's a pretty good bumper to keep me away from the stuff that I don't want to deal with. Right. Because there is that. But the reality of that is, is I've also learned that there is that in, even in religion, because religion is not in my learning experience and that of other people that I've spoken to over the years, religion is not foolproof in terms of every Catholic, Methodist, Protestant, whatever, is inherently a good person because they're this way. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all had moments where we've learned that about people and been like, wow, that person, hmm. And it's like, well, you know, I don't think that religiosity is a shield. Yeah. And I grew up at one point where there were those conversations where it was like, but so-and-so is a Catholic or, you know, oh, well, I can see why that happened. She's Baptist. And it's like, well, and I didn't know enough. I was real young. So I didn't know enough to be like, what does that mean? Right. 
like to know like that it was a like a cut down or like well they don't know any better type of thing mm -hmm. so you know moving into the space of can i hold faith in god can i be in prayer and can i also you know pull tarot cards and be in the akashic records and use crystals and use sacred soul alignments and do the things that i do and be a medium you know be intuitive right and i believe the answer to that question is a resounding yes and we get to be in a space of but what works for you so as much or as little as you want to right there's no i don't think there's a right or wrong i think there's a what works for you and that will evolve over yeah. time. There might be something where, you know, like I had, had a conversation with someone about six or seven-ish months ago, maybe more at this point, but they were talking about um, tapping. Okay. And I said, I've tried it a couple times, mm -hmm. gave it what I consider a fair shot, and it didn't really do much for me. And I said, that being said, different strokes for different folks. And the person was in a space where it was, and you know, we all have, we all experience those people that they go, yeah, but, and it's like, they, they're trying to get you to be enrolled in the notion that whatever they're doing is best or yeah. most right. Yes. And I think that that's true of both spirituality in my experience and religion. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, I don't feel like, spirituality is immune from it. I just think it cloaks better. Okay. Yeah. In my, in my opinion, it just cloaks better. Yeah. Um, a lot of people try to couch it better than, you know, the what, what we would do in the South saying, Oh, bless your heart. You know, like that whole, like, well, she said no. So, but I feel like, and I feel I feel more complete as a person in my faith journey with both and. Okay. And I'm sure there are a lot of people listening and watching that can resonate with that. Um, Cause I know who some of my tribe are and you know, their backgrounds and well, so I'm curious. So the Akashic records, so that was the first modality that you actually like really dove into or. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Go ahead. What did, what, what did you discover um, about yourself by doing that work? Um, my intuition amplified incredibly. My gifts opened up. I got to a place of being more compassionate mm -hmm. and more open to other people's ideas because I feel like when we're in a space where we are pushing against the grain, no matter what that is, we're going to get kicked. We're going to get kicked back. You're going to get pushed back. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if you're talking about, you know, everyday subjects in life, you like this insurance versus that insurance, you know, being an entrepreneur versus being an employee, you know, green cars versus red cars. What I don't think it really matters. There's an opportunity always for, pushback when you're going against the grain. And a lot of times we, I don't, and here's the thing. When I first started learning the Akashic records, again, I was just abundantly curious. And I thought, okay, if I can get clarity in my life, 
why would I not do that? So that was kind of where I started was if I could have this in my life every day and I didn't have to wait for a live to ask someone a question, why would I not do that? So the Akashic Records afforded me, it's given me a glimpse into different spaces of life. It's deepened all of my modalities. It's deepened my mediumship definitely. It has dramatically changed how I view people who commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Dramatically. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in mediumship, you you get to have conversations with people who've crossed over and you get to be in the space of there's zero judgment. It's just, again, if you're leading with curiosity, you can learn a lot more than if you're like, I know this is my fixed viewpoint and no one's going to change it. And I know I'm right. Versus being, Hmm, you know, this world's been around for thousands of years and there's literally billions of people that have come before me. And so maybe I don't know everything and maybe there's a you know brilliant opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love about the Akashic Records, especially working with clients, is that you never know what you're going to get. And one of the things that I, you know, because one of the misnomers about the Akashic Records is that you're going to, you're going to open your Akashic Records and you're going to have your guides like vomiting all over you, right? It's going to be like, they're going to want to talk about that thing that you're ashamed of from 20 years ago. And the reality of it is, is that the Akashic River records are intention driven and they are specific open-ended question driven. Okay. So if we're in a space, like if I go in and I say, I want the, cause I always open the records. Like if I do, when I do group work in my group, mm-hmm. um, I always set the intention that I am in the best and highest intentions for all involved and that I get information with clarity because those two pieces give me the ability to be a clear channel. And so when I've opened up my records, they've also opened up my clairs. So being able to be in a space of clearer hearing, yeah, clearer knowing, clearer visioning, et cetera, et cetera, it just makes living life easier. When you allow yourself to be in, and I, and again, it's a work in progress, but for me to be in a space of like, you know what, that's not the best idea. Like, it's not a good idea. Like I, I, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I was going to go somewhere and I didn't stayed home. And I read on a social media page that I'm part of about an hour and a half later that had, there had been a nasty, like four car accident that would have been right around the time that I would have been in the space that I was going Mm-hmm. And that's happened to me dozens of times over the years. And the flip side of that is, is go, being exactly where I'm meant to be in a given moment, being in a space of, you know, I got so much work to do. And probably two, three summers ago now, I got, I like everything was going my, my, my phone was on the fritz. My laptop was on the fritz. And I finally just shut everything down. I was like, you know what? I'll go get a coffee. It's 15 minutes. It doesn't take me very long. Drive down the street, get the coffee, come home. Blah, blah, blah. I happened to be in the coffee shop when someone had a seizure and I know how to deal with seizures. Okay. So I happened to be in the space okay. intuitively driven where yeah. it was like, oh, and I knew exactly what to do. And two or three people that were in the shop were, while I was waiting for my, my order, you know, 
paramedics got there, dealt with it. You know, thank you so much for your help, blah, blah. And, you know, when I grabbed my order and the guy was like, I'm glad you were here because I wouldn't have known what to do. And the guy probably would have hurt himself a whole lot more had you not been able to run over and do what you did. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not, I share that because it only because it was an intuitive hunch to get out of my house and go to get a iced coffee. Yes. So it's right time, right place, right time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're in the, you're taken out of the spaces where you don't need to be. And a lot of times people are afraid to follow their intuition because again, they're afraid of what they're going to get. Right. People are, I had someone say to me, um, the reason I love your reading so much is that you get right to the point. There's no BS. There's no fluff. You just tell it like it is. And I do. And on the flip side of that, if you're not open to it, because here's the thing, you're going to get as much information as you're open to receive. So if you're in a space where you're, I mean, like I had someone that was brand new about, it's probably been almost two years now, easily. And this woman was commented on my live. I'm new here. And I think this is all crap. And I was like, okay, well, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the power in that moment to put, to kick somebody out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I said, well, if you'd like to ask a specific question, that's awesome. And as I'm reading other people, she is eventually gets to a space of, oh my God, like this is real. So then she posts a question and I read her question and I say, this is what I'm getting. Share the answer. And she's like, that's not what I wanted to hear, but it's absolutely what I needed to hear. And it's fantastic confirmation. Thank you. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then I got a PM saying, I apologize for showing my butt. It was rude and, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And I said, well, you know, we all have our own reactions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, the thing that one of the things that I've learned with the Akashic Records as well is, you know, we all have our own beliefs and ideas. And a lot of times when I work with people who like in my programs or whatnot, when they come in and a lot of people are just afraid. They're afraid to admit they're wrong. They're afraid to admit they're on the wrong path. And, you know, a lot of times it's, we are very fear driven creatures. If you get right down to it. Yes, we are. We are such, and we don't even want it. We, a lot of people just don't want to admit that they're like, yeah, like we're, people are afraid to die. They're afraid to make the wrong decision. They're afraid, 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 afraid. You know, it's like, I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of people not liking me. I'm afraid of not having money. I'm afraid of, you know, whatever, being struck by lightning, stuff that, you know, can, you know, the likelihood of it happening is teeny. And yet we're really fear-driven. And when I get into a space with people of, okay, well, what if you were joy-driven? Or what if you allowed yourself to be in the space of forgiveness for parents who didn't know what they didn't know? Because fact is none of us do. We're born, right? We're born we know how to go to the bathroom. We know how to snuggle. We know how to eat and we know how to look cute and sleep. That's what we know how to do. So everything that we do now as adults, whether it's how to sip from a water bottle, programming, you know, your phone, looking up a laptop, paying bills, driving a car, putting your shoes on, brushing your teeth, all those things, everything that you do, someone taught you how to do. So they, but they only know what they know. 
So mm-hmm. like if your mom doesn't know how to cook, the chances you're going to get taught how to cook are slim to none unless your dad's a good cook. If you don't know how, like if you know how to, you know, if you know how to, for example, knit or iron, like I talked to someone a couple weeks ago and I was saying, well, you could iron that. And they went, excuse me. And I realized they had no idea. They had legit no idea. And I said, okay, well, okay, this is, I'm showing them on Amazon. This is an ironing board. This is an iron. This is how you do it. You know, they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, that's how one way of getting the wrinkles out of things. And it was, but it was, you know, fascinating to run into somebody who legitimately didn't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I will say that I love about the Akashic Records is they can give us insights into the how and the why and the mechanics behind things. So sometimes it's easier to heal a trauma, for example, if we can understand like why my uncle did or didn't do the thing or what did your mom know or not know? Because if she didn't know how to do a thing, she can't pass it on to you. Mm -hmm. If our parents are emotionally unavailable as a huge example nowadays, yes, they don't know how to show up for us. If your parents were trauma impacted, if they, if, you know, mom or dad lost a spouse, if mom or dad lost a job, if mom or dad had a, you know, physical incident, if mom or dad had a car accident, anything, those, all those little tiny things, if they were bullied, if they were, you know, compromised at work in some way, whatever, all those little things are traumas that stack up. And if they never learned how to handle that, they sure can't teach you. And if they're in a space where they are trauma impacted and then they're hiding underneath shame and guilt about it, you're compounding it. Now, if we go into your Akashic records and like a a client will bring to me something like, I'm constantly fighting with my mom and, you know, give me the whole situation. It's okay. Well, what I'm hearing and what I'm getting for you is that you know, she's incapable of this. You're at looking for something that doesn't exist. That's a mythical unicorn for you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you don't have the right to want it or need it at all. It just means that you're knocking on a locked door. Yes. We used to have a saying um, in a group of friends back in Washington state of you don't go to the hardware store for milk. <laughs> so. That's exactly it. And so many of us try so hard. Right. And we also mm-hmm. try a lot of times especially if we have a people pleaser piece in there that we try really hard to make a rock water. And it's like a rock is a rock is a rock. Yeah. And you're not going to transform it into anything. You know, we're, we're, you're not going to make that happen. So sometimes we got to go a rock is a rock and I accept it. And, you know, it's one of the things like in the Akashic records that I love is that if you're open and willing, it's so expansive. If you're open and willing, because you can ask basic things like, you know, what do my guys have to share with me about the job interview I just had? But you can also go into the space of past lives, timelines, yeah, relationships. Um, I did a reading for someone about three years ago now. Um, complete random reading. Um in public actually at the, at the crystal shop that I go to. And, uh, I said, she, uh, she walked in and I, I said, you know, I explained who I was and she was telling what she was looking for. And I said, anybody, you know, 
live in or visit a house that's very old, like that would be like Civil War era-ish in the last like six months to a year. And it opened up this whole like 25-minute conversation, huge opportunity to heal and go back and pull all that information out and clear her and clear all the energy. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we have stuff stuck in our energy. And here's the thing, we're all energy. We are. So if you're in this space where you're like, I don't believe in that. Physics, science, yeah. we're all energy. So if we're in this, we, and we pick up energy all the time. So being in the space of the Akash and being able to say, okay, where is this attached to? What can I do about it, if anything? Because you can do all kinds of things as far as like, oh, you want to keep that? And you can't, you can't pass an opportunity that's meant for you. And may have to just come around a couple times. And you can't let go of something. You won't let go of something that is meant to be yours. So someone is the love of your life and they're meant to be there. Even if you're cutting energetic ties with them in the records or you're mm-hmm. shifting the timeline, you're doing timeline work. If they're meant to come back around, they will. That's it. But we're, we as human beings are very attached to timing as well. We are very attached. Like, well, it didn't happen in the last five minutes. So obviously it's not going to happen. And I don't believe in this crap. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but you're depending on the more people we have. Cause that's one of the questions I get a lot is, well, um, you know, like public things like, and I'm like, well, you know, we get into a certain point where there's a lot of energy and a lot of people, and a lot of free will in there. Mm-hmm. And so being in the space of, you know, this is the general, I can give you the general energy around it. Like it's, you know, this is the direction we're heading in. This is what we can do to affect change. That sort of thing. Okay. So let's, Talk about, um, I guess, so you've done some really nice explaining on some of the trauma work and like relationships that impact people like in this life. Um, But I, so I'm glad that you did mention, you know, other lives and different timeline slices. So how much of that kind of work do you actually do with clients versus the immediate life that they're dealing with right now? I would say probably it's a... It's around 50, 50, 60, 40, depending upon the clients mm-hmm. and depending upon what we sense is like, do they have issues that are past lifestyle? Cause I mean, we all do to a certain extent, but there are some people that are far more impacted than others. Yeah. And so there's sometimes when you'll have something in every lifetime and there's something where it's like, yeah, you've got past lives. You didn't really do anything bad because you reincarnated relatively quickly And so there's not a whole lot to clear because a lot of times people feel like, oh, it has to be past life stuff as opposed to I get to take responsibility for my life. Yeah. And in this lifetime. And that's not to say that there's never stuff because there's a lot of times there is. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely situations where um, we found like the people who were the the past incarnations of people. I'm like, okay, well, this explains why that keeps happening because you're trying desperately to make something right, quote unquote, that that action in this lifetime is not going to work. Because it's like, if you were horrible, like just, let's just take a real life example. If you were in a space where you were married and you were not around for your spouse mm-hmm. and then your spouse passes away, you can't, sure. A lot of people do most of you know, a lot of people do probably like 80% of people remarry, but 
it doesn't matter how kind you are, how much time and money you spend with your new spouse. It doesn't have any impact on the spouse that passed away in that relationship. And a lot of times we like to think it does. A lot of people go, oh, and I've had people say, oh, I'm making up for this and this with this situation. And I'll be like, yeah, that's not quite how it works. You know, I'm like, oh, that's not, you know, no, let's, let's, if we're going to do this, let's go back and heal that energy of that prior relationship Mm -hmm. so that you can move forward without the guilt and the shame, because it's going to shift when we get rid of that guilt and shame, it's going to shift how we behave in this current life. So I'm curious, then, when you're doing these Akashic readings, um, do non-Earth lives come up? Yes. Okay. And it all depends upon... The most interesting one I've ever had come up was a Lumerian that stayed for the entire session. And it was more of the... It wasn't a speaking role. It was more of a, like... They were just really curious. Like, how did I... Like, how, like literally, a person was like... How, how am I here? Like, what am I, (laughs) like, what am I doing here? And how, like, they wanted to contribute, but they didn't quite know what to say or do in that particular situation. But I've also had situations where people have said, where they've asked bluntly, did I have, you know, a prior life as this or this? Mm -hmm. And yes, you did. And that, in that case, that incarnation had a lot to say. Okay. And so it just, it it depends entirely on the person. And again, there are some people who are, they, and a lot of times too, is that your mouth will say you're open to like the actual answer, the end, your energy will be like, ah, nope. And I get to explain that to people sometimes too, and say, your mouth is really excited about this. Your brain wants to know your energy, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so let's talk about the mediumship stuff. Um, So was that something that came later in life or was that something that you always had open um, or did, was it open at first, got shut down, came back? Now looking back on it, it was open when I was very young. My, my, the house that I went to visit as a child, my grandma's house was in a little tiny town and it was one of the oldest houses in town. This I think it was, if my memory serves, I might be wrong, but I think it was around 150 years old when I was a child and it was the house of a doctor. And when we would stay there overnight and I would, I would stand at the top of the stairs more than once. And I would see a man fully dressed in top hat, pants, jacket, the whole bit. And I remember being absolutely terrified of those stairs for years. Like I did not want to go up and down those stairs by myself. And Love my grandma's house, but at the time I was like, I was a child and I was, I was like, didn't recognize who this person was. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, I knew it was the doctor um, that first occupied, that built the house. And that was one experience. And then another experience was when I was staying at my dad's in Maine and he had rented this probably 200 year old farm, huge farmhouse. And it had, they, uh, the family crop was hay. And I remember looking out the window, it was probably eight ish or so at that time. And looking out the window at night more than once. And because my window faced the field and seeing this little girl in a white dress Hmm. and wanting to go down to the field and, you know, 
say hi. And she looked like she was my age and whatnot. And I remember walking down because there was a lake about a mile and a half down the road um, behind the house. And we would sometimes go and walk the dogs at night. And I remember walking down the pathway between the two fields one night and saying, I don't see the little girl with the white dress. And my dad and my stepmom being like, you know, like, oh, she just has a really active imagination. Yeah. And I saw her more than once. And I, you know, remember asking my dad, like, is there another family around here that would have a little girl? I mean, like, why would this little girl be? My brain was like, why would this little girl be in the field yeah. of fresh cut hay at like, you know, in the dark? Why? Like, why is she there? And figured out years later that there had been a fire at some point and she'd run out to the field. Hmm. Again, this is hours of research. Like I got, like I got it intuitively, but then I went and did some research on like what happened in that area and such and so forth to find out yep. that she had gone and run out in the field and to, you know, to basically save her life and that the rest of her family had perished. Okay. And it was like, oh my God. You know, and to be in a space of like, wow. And then to go and do this research, like trying to figure out, like, cause I had to figure out like where the house was. Cause I had no idea where the house even was. So I had to go back and ask my dad, like, remember that house? Like, yeah, where was it? So I could go back and do some research and keep, you know, bric-a-brac with the research to figure out like, wow. Okay. Um, but my coming back into, and I wouldn't say anybody necessarily shut it down, but there was no one to talk to about it. Okay. So it kind of by default got shut down. Right. And then as I came into my gifts, as I came into the Akashic records, as my intuition got stronger, I re it came back. Like I would have, I would have, I would see people and more so I would hear them. Mm -hmm. And because my, my stronger, my, my, a lot of people know what clairvoyance is, but clairaudience is my strongest gift. Yeah. Uh, and now even clairsentience is very strong. So like getting chills, getting mm -hmm. goose flesh um, yeah. or getting like, like a heat wave over you, like, whoa, okay. Um, when something resonates with me, when I know for, like, I know that something is right. And coming into the mediumship has been really fascinating. I actually um, was on St. John, U.S. Virgin Islands, um, a couple years back and we were walking the remains of a sugar plantation of a sugar mill. Okay. And all of a sudden, and I'm the only one around my stepdad. I don't know where he was walking around the area, but I was by myself, no one around it's off season. And I feel someone like tug at my hand and be like, and I hear come with me. And I'm like, okay, you know, broad daylight. <laughs> okay. Let's why not? And I could see, and it wouldn't be like if you were standing behind me, you could see the same thing, to be very clear. That's not what I mean by seeing. But mm -hmm. I could see in my mind's eye, like, and I could hear very hot furnaces. I could mm -hmm. see the construct of what the sugar mill looked like back when they were by hand processing, like cutting cane sugar and mm -hmm. then pressing it. And then all the things you do to make the different whatever product you want out of sugar cane, whether it's granular sugar, it's mash, etc. And all these people that were trapped in this space because no one had ever cleared it. No one knew to clear it. And this woman basically said, you can help us just energetically knowing, like, I don't really care what dimension you're in. I just want you to fix this. Right. 
and my being able to be like, okay, and clearing them and being like, let's, let's, let's get you like, essentially you're cutting something out of like a spider web, essentially okay. for a visuals. Like, or like, if you were like, if you found a mouse, that was alive in a mouse trap and you, you know, cheese trap and you pulled it up and let the mouse go mm-hmm. and being in that same space of like people being trapped, if you will, energetically in a certain time. And, a lot, and it did happen to a lot of enslaved people because they didn't know any other life. They didn't know any other time. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the whole notion we started at where people don't know what they don't know. Yes. So they're not going to try to escape if they don't know something else is out there until someone else says, hey, that they know and trust says, hey, um, there's a whole world out there. Besides this mess, you want to go. So being able to be in that space of clearing people and also, you know, I get the opportunity to do mediumship readings with people and give them answers mm-hmm. and give them clarity and give them comfort a lot of times, because like if someone has lost a loved one, they did like it was either sudden or suicide are two common things. Or if someone's in a space where they feel like they made a decision and I had one, someone about a year ago who made the decision to pull life support, pull all treatment. And they were, really tossed about it. Like they could not get themselves into a space of clarity about it and peace. And I said, you know, let's ask. And the, and the deceased loved one immediately came forward and said, no, I wish you'd done it earlier. Cause I could hear everything, but I couldn't respond. Like I, there was no anything. And like, I was just laying there with zero quality of life. So thank you for doing it mm-hmm. and apologizing for their, person that was asking for the reading for the blowback they were taking because like nobody, everybody took their hands off. No one in that situation wanted to be the one to do it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And so the person was like, I feel like, like they were getting close to being suicidal themselves because they didn't like everybody was browbeating and the whole thing, as opposed to being in that space of you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes doing the right thing is excruciating. Because a lot of times we have this notion in our mind that doing the right thing should be easy. And we can do the right thing with ease, but with ease and easy are not the same thing. And so being able to be in a space where it's one of my favorite things about doing mediumship readings is being able to give people that comfort Mm -hmm. and that there's nothing you could have done. There's nothing you could have done differently. And a lot of times loved ones want us to know that they're okay. Because that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. That is by far the biggest thing I hear is, I want to know that they're okay. I'm like, they're okay. They're more concerned about you. Yeah. Um, because they now have a 360. A soul now has a 360 view. So they can be top down and look down on us and go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't like, I mean, yes, there are times when they don't like how someone's something's being handled, but they also know what free will, right? They also know that like that person is who they were and that's their personality. And we're not going to, like, I can nudge. Mm-hmm. I can certainly send down a sign. I can certainly put them in intersection with somebody who says the thing they need to hear, but I can't be like, Rah! and shake them, and, you know, get them to do a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get to read, I, you know, mediumship has gone into not only reading people, but also reading objects and houses. Okay. And that is in itself fascinating. And it is one of my most humble gifts and one of my favorite things to do because you never know um, 
what's going to be shared. And a lot of times you get to clear energy and you get to help, you get to help the house be a happier house. Can you go into that a little more? Sure. Um, so reading a house is obviously I need permission from whoever owns the house. Unless the house is fully abandoned, uh, which does happen, but being in the space of reading a house and there, and the thing is houses don't share the highlights, if you will. So if you're in a space, I'll just give you an example. I read a house a couple years ago and it had been lived in at one point by a priest. And this, and this was around the turn of the last century. So the early 1900s and when indentured servants were a thing. Okay. And the area that this house was in, there was a lot of families that farming was not working out and the things that they had done, the crops that they had done, um, were having horrible years. So a lot of families would indenture their children, their oldest child or their two oldest children in exchange for money. And then that child got to work off that money. So like, for example, if the priest were to give the parents of Susie $40, Mm-hmm. Now, most of us would be like, oh, $40. But back in the day, if you were paid a quarter, in some cases, like a quarter a day, mm-hmm. consider how long that's going to take yeah. to work that off. And the family is trying to survive. So they're in the space of like, oh, she can handle herself. She's a good worker. She's a good cleaner. She'll you know, do the thing. And there was no consideration given to the notion of what was going to happen to Susie in that house. And so being in the space of, I got to clear a house where there was an attic space and it was actually where the children, and there was like 20 of them were indentured servants Mm. and they did all kinds of things. So some were cleaning, some were, you know, literally serving a person. Um, and it went into, you know, what we would call nowadays sexual favors and things of that nature. And there was a lot of abuse. And, you know, we, st- we, we think about how we are going into, you know, just in the early part of 2023 and how we still have, you know, we can't talk about that. Think about it a hundred plus years ago. Right. Where we sure didn't have that discussion. And so those energies can and do get stuck in houses. And, you know, being able to be in the space of clearing those energies and resetting the energy of the house. It's really, it's gratifying work, but it's also, again, it's eye-opening in a lot of cases because a lot of times like people will say, clients will say, well, can you do me a favor and not read any history on the house before? And I'm like, I don't even go there. And here's the thing. Even if I did, again, the house is not going to share the highlights, the parties, the beautiful, the good times, the celebrations, whatnot. The house is not going to share that information. Okay. It wants to share like help. <laughs> <Get me. laughs> yes. Get me. Want, well, here's the thing. It wants to be cleared and it wants to be regrounded usually. Okay. And a lot, like one house that I read, I was on the outside of it and the workers were so proud of how, of the work that they did because we think about how we make houses nowadays, like how we construct houses and like how we do brick veneer and different things like that, where you think a hundred plus years ago, they, you know, would just take, you know, chop down a tree and they would either hand chop those logs apart mm-hmm. or they would be very simple. Like everything was done on site or they would hand make the bricks or, you know, hand moving stones, that sort of thing. 
And so all those things are real craftsmanship. And so those craftsmen, a lot of times, you know, feel like they're forgotten, like that work that they did, their energy is in the space of celebration and pride of workmanship. And so being able to be in a space where those workmen share and I get to hear them saying, isn't this beautiful? Like, look at this beautiful work that I did. And being able to share that is really an incredible gift and an incredible angle that a lot of times you don't get. Because a lot of times we admire it. You know, we're like, wow, that is some beautiful millwork or that is some really beautiful fretwork or that is really beautiful, you know, concrete work or tile setting or, you know, woodwork, or, you know, wood floors or whatever. And yet there's always someone that labored intensely by hand to do it. Right. And so being able to be in the space of, you know, honoring that and then again, clearing things and getting into the space of like, yeah, they had children or there was, you know, and and a lot of times people will say, well, did someone die in this house? I'm like, well, yeah, before we had funeral parlors, we haven't had funeral parlors in the big space of history for all that long. And before we had them, yes, it was very common for people to die in their house. That Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean there's bad energy or there's, oh my God, there's just a space of. If the energy didn't get cleared, there's going to be energy in the house. Okay. So when people come to you for house clearings, do they feel like something is off or like how, how do they figure out that they need your service for that? It all depends. Sometimes people have heard about me and they're just fascinated by it. And, you know, they're like, oh, I just want to know the history of my house because there is none. Like there just doesn't seem to be any. And unless somebody was famous for whatever reason, um, their house probably isn't going to be well-documented. So being able to read the walls, being able to put my hands on the wall, being the energy of it and walk them through like things that happened, um, is a, again, a really beautiful thing. And sometimes people are in the space that there are times when people come to me and they'll say, um, things have been happening that are really weird in my house. And I'll say, okay, well, what's your definition of weird? And they'll say to me things like, well, objects move or doors open and close, or I'll hear footsteps and I know there's no one in the house, mm-hmm. or we have motion cameras set up throughout the house and we hear things, but there's no one there. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, I know this is going to be really weird. That's how every conversation starts. I'm like, trust me, it's not weird. <laughs> not, not to me. Not to me. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I okay. say the same thing to my clients. Like you can't, nothing will shock me at this point. <laughs> no. And I mean, you know, when you've, when you've dealt with trauma, when you've dealt with, you know, all the work that I get to do um, between, you know, program clients and the Akashic records and, you know, doing the deep trauma stuff, doing the housework it's, and being mediumship and just being intuitive and knowing how the world works as a whole right now. Um, not much. Like I've had people that have said, oh, this is going to shock you. And I'll go, okay. <laughs> and it is almost like, is this competition to see if they can shock me? And I'm like, well, it's fascinating. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry that happened, but then it's like, oh, wait, you're not I'm like, and I have a lot of times where people have said to me, I was afraid you were going to like get grossed out and leave. And I'm like, listen, that would be really hard to like, like not much anymore. I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Um, a couple things <laughs> that are coming up. So in terms of mediumship, back to that and, and whether it's house readings or people, um, when someone comes to you, 
has there ever been a time where the deceased loved one doesn't come through to you or yep. someone else shows up that they're like, oh, what are you doing here? Yes. Um, I have had people come to me when someone has recently deceased and that person is not ready to talk to you or they haven't fully crossed over yet. Okay. And so, and they're, they're just like, I'm like, there's no, they're not ready. Yeah. And I have a general notion of like, I've had people reach out to me and say, Hey, so-and-so just lost her such and such. Could you do a reading for her? I'm like, yep. Have her come see me around the three month mark. Three to six months is usually when they get into the space of like being ready to talk. Okay. Now, if someone's in a space where they were killed, they're, they're, that usually seems to be the exception is if somebody was killed, like there was someone that I read for a couple of years back and the person was in a car, a freak car accident. And the person was in a, in a car and had the car accident because the person who was wanting the reading had asked them to go to the store and get something. Okay. So there was guilt there. Yes. And so they reached out to me and said, oh my God, you know, such and so forth. Can you read me? Can you do this? Oh my God. And really amped up. And I said, okay, we can, but I need you to breathe because right now you're so in your fear and whatnot that you're not going to hear your, your records are going to be closed. Yeah. And the person immediately, I didn't even have the records open. And the person was like, you didn't do anything wrong. Life happens. It was a horrible accident. And I'm so sorry that, you know, they were like, they were apologetic. Mm -hmm. and the person was like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. And they're like, no, no, what I'm telling you is, and I happened to say something in the conversation and the person said, oh my God, you really are talking to him. Holy crap. Cause I said something that I normally would never say and it just out of my mouth, but that's usually how people make their marker that they're real. Okay. Yeah. The validation point is usually something that like, I'll just be like and say it. And they're, Oh yeah. yeah, totally. And so I was able to give that person comfort and say, look, this is not, you know, they didn't do this deliberately. No one's at fault here, except for the person that, you know, the person that was drunk and hit you, hit your loved one. And they were, you know, and the person was like, you know, staying in the space of, I don't know how to forgive them. And it's like, well, you don't have to forgive them if you don't want to, but you're not going to be any closer to me and I'm not going to be undead because you're holding on to unforgiveness right like do you as a human being and you know that person has a lot to live with yeah and you know it's it's something where there have also been situations where someone has asked to call forward one person and another person who's like i need to talk first shows up and you're like whoa okay yeah and uh yeah, there's been some people who have very strong um, personalities mm-hmm. and they are quite determined to be heard. And it's like, now that I have your undivided attention, I have things to say. And it's like, oh, goodness. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so it's super interesting because I've had a few different mediumship experiences, um, you know, where I've been in either galleries or. Um, I have a friend who, who I had a couple sessions with, but what's interesting is that it's not the human people that like coming through for me, except for my husband's mom who passed away when he was 23 and I never met her, but she, she always is there. She's always showing up and, um, but it's, you know, other guides, galactics, other things. Mm -hmm. So have you had that experience where the person 
coming to you, it's like, okay, there's no one really that wants to be there except for, or from the deceased realm. Yes. In that sense. Yep. There have definitely been people who've, I've had people's guide team show up and, you know, I've had, I, and the thing is your guides will meet you as you are. So as if you're a sassy, sarcastic, snotty person, your guides are going to show up as sassy and sarcastic. If you are the kind of person who is like very prim and proper and you never swear and such and so forth, your guides are going to show up exactly like that. If you're somewhere in the middle, if you're the kind of person who need to get the point across to you, you need to have F-bombs thrown at you every three seconds. Oh, they got them. They will be like, boom, 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 boom. And you're like, whoa, uh, okay. But it's, again, I get to be a conduit. Yeah. And so it just depends upon entirely upon the person, the situation. And there have definitely been situations where I'll see, I've even seen have light forms. So like I, there's not a clear person. I just double check that the person is of the light and not something that we like wayward or somebody we don't want to deal with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, it, it's, again, it takes all kinds. Okay. Well, and then as far as the house readings and clearings, is that something that you do in person or is that something you can also do remotely? I can do it remotely. I have, um, I've done one remotely and the rest have all been in person. Okay. But I can certainly do them remotely. Okay. Um, and it, you know, it also depends upon, you know, if the person, and again, here's the thing with, with clearance, it also depends upon how open you are as the owner to all of that happening. Cause there has been one or two where someone has been like, I want my house cleared. or I want this, you know, I want this object red or cleared and they are not open to it. And so in that, in those cases, a lot of times there will be no energy coming through. Okay. So why are they asking for it if they're not open to it? <laughs> so here, the, one of the ones that I did where the person, because the here's the thing, is it's interesting what motivates humanity. <laughs> um, I had somebody who reached out to me and she wanted me to do a reading. And she said, I have a bat with somebody. And we were probably 10 minutes into her reading. And, she, and it's like, I was getting like dribs and drabs. And because normally it's like, they'll, they're going like, I'll get information pretty much immediately. And it's flowing. But this was like a faucet that was just barely dripped on. Right. And I said, let me ask you something. Do you even believe in what I'm doing? And she goes, I'm busted. And I said, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. And she said, well, you know, so-and-so. And I said, yes. And I had known that part that uh, someone that knew me, knew my work, had done readings with me, trusted me, et cetera, had recommended me to this other person, to her friend. Okay. And the friend thought I was full of crap and thought her friend that believed in all this ish was also full of crap. And so she was trying to test me. Got it. And I, so here's the thing. They're not going to share with you if you're not open to receive. Guides are always going to meet you. The information is going to meet you. Your intuition is going to meet you where you are. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a space where you're super skeptical and you think this is full of crap and blah, 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 and you think this is all BS and whatever, you're not going to get a lot of information. Yeah. And the person said, okay, well, let me ask you a serious question and ask me a question. And 
was open to receive the information. And oh boy, did they get information. Okay. They got like a 10 minute answer. And I, and I was in a space where it was like, like just going, 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 going. And I finally stopped and said, did any of that resonate with you? And the person we were on a zoom call and the person looked at me and they just said all, all of it. And I, and I've needed to hear that for like five years. And I've been, to be honest with you, I've been terrified of hearing what you just said. Mm. And I said, okay. And they said, but everything you said, mm-hmm. you don't know me from Adam. Yeah. And everything you just said was spot on. And they were in the space where like, holy crap. Right. And again, I don't exist. And I don't really know any mediums or Akashic Records practitioners, people that are in this realm, in this field. We're not here to prove ourselves right or wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not here to, I mean, I do debunk rumors. I do like to set people straight up there in a space where they're like, oh, I heard this. And I'm like, yeah, that's not quite how that works. But the reality of the situation is if you believe what I'm telling you, you believe it. If it resonates with you, it resonates with you. If you think I'm full of it, I'm full of it as far yeah. as you're concerned. And the reality of it is, is that you might come back two years or five years from now and see this and go, oh my God, now that makes total sense. Right. But it just, it's a little different for everybody. Yeah. So location wise, where are you? I am outside of about an hour and a half outside of Raleigh, North Carolina. So central North Carolina. Okay. Um, East coast of the U.S. for anybody that's not U.S. (laughs) Yeah. So, cause you know, I have, uh viewers and listeners from all over yes um, for those who want the in-person experience north carolina (laughs) um and how do people work with you like what what kind of different services do you offer is it just packages is it one-off they can certainly they can certainly do one-off sessions with me um they can go to my website jillymaria.com j-i-l-l-i-e-m-a-r-i-a.com and i've got a whole page on offerings so I do Akashic Record sessions. I do standalone sacred soul alignment cocktails and sessions. Um, those are more geared toward straight healing, like you bring an issue to the table and we don't really talk through it as much as we just run alignments. Um, I also do Reiki and, you know, they can do sessions with me either, you know, I do everything via Zoom. Um, house mediumship is done in person, generally speaking. Um, happy to travel. That's, you know, that's a case by case basis. And a lot of times I also blend my work. So a lot of times if you do, like, if you do, were to do a program with me, or if you were to do a hybrid session with me, we blend the Akashic records with that. That's the initial container where we start. And then we do, you know, Reiki and sacred soul alignments. And a lot of times too, it's intuitive. It's purely intuitive information. Like this is intuitively what I'm getting, you know, and it's just, yeah, we go with that way. So, okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, You're welcome. Running out of time, and so yeah, for those interested in learning more, JillyMaria.com. And um, I really, again, thank you so much for the information you shared. I think people probably learned a lot. And thank for you. Those who know about the information, you know, there's always new ways of hearing it of understanding the information. So absolutely. 
And for those watching and listening, thank you so much. And I will see you next time. Aloha.